Hi, this is David Marquez, and you are listening to The Ultimate Spin. Okay, don't freak out. My name is Miles Morales, and I'm Spider-Man. Greetings, true believers. My name is Jack, and thank you for downloading episode 27 of the Ultimate Spin podcast, the one and only Spider-Man podcast specifically for fans of Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen Stacy. This is Brian. It's March 2016, and in this episode, we will talk about Spider-Man issue number two and find out what happens when Miles meets up with Peter Parker for the first time again, not to mention the series finally acknowledging Miles' race and discuss what might be the most terrifying cliffhanger in some time. My name's Kyle, and we'll also share your listener feedback on Spider-Man, Venom Stink, and announce the winners of our contest giveaway. So hit up ultimatespinpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the podcast, find our show notes, catch up on our archive of old episodes, and of course, get in touch with us. Our show is by fans and for fans, meaning that we'd love to hear what you think about these characters and their books. Drop us a line and join in the conversation. So, gentlemen, Spider-Man number two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're going to have an interesting discussion today. It's tackled a lot of things that we spoke about with the last issue. Particularly, you mentioned, Brian, that there's a tear in the suit and suddenly people will see his skin color and as if your, your premonition came true, my friend. <laughs> and then it all, it all happens. Before we get into the discussion, we should probably just recap the issue and so you kind of set the stage. So, Kyle, seeing as it's uh, your birthday weekend, <laughs> as we record this... Six- yeah, it gets extended from just the 4th to the whole weekend. <laughs> also encompassing Mother's, Mother's Day in the UK. So, I've, you know, it's all about me, apparently. So, I've, I've always thought you were kind of a motherly figure in my life, Kyle. <laughs> okay, that's not weird at all. God, it's hate happy birthday, so, jeez. Oh, that was below the belt. Anyway, so... We, in what will ex- most likely be a train wreck of fashion as I try to recap this. I believe in you. Oh, well, someone I has don't. to. I don't. <laughs> well, there we go. That's about right. I mean, it's almost justified. So, let's see if I can do this in a coherent way. Picking up from the last issue, Spider-Man Peter Parker has an interaction with Miles at the scene of the battle and almost takes back his right to be Spider-Man. As we go in a little further in, there is a bit of a discussion regarding Miles' race and how that affects him as the whole world now knows that this Spider-Man is of colour. And as he gets home after a long, dangerous day in the battlefield, we meet a new character in Miles' family. So you said, oh, I can never do it, blah, 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 and you just nailed it in one take. Look at that. Mm. Our boy's all grown up. Mm. I know, right? Happy birthday, big man. <laughs> So Kyle's my mum, and you're you're sounding like his dad. It just got weird. Oh well, then there we go. It works because interracial. Miles is by. <laughs> not the same. Not, not the same how that works. Is. About you don't it. mix right. white and black and get Indian. I mean, it's mix up. I mean, like I said, it's not the same combination, but it's okay, right? No one can accuse you of being a racist. Anyway, I don't even know what's happening. I feel like I've derailed the podcast before worse than this. <laughs> I'm going to quote Peter Parker and say, what did you do? <laughs> Let's actually start discussing the issue. Yeah, what did you do? That's the line Peter has as Spider-Man is confronted by Spider-Man. And I was surprised to see this where Peter is here basically to take Miles' Spider-Man privileges away. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about fatherly figures. He almost feels like he's a figure of authority all of a sudden in a position to say you're not allowed to be Spider-Man anymore. 
Even though, like he mentions with the other Spider characters, nobody ever asked him. So he doesn't actually have that authority. <laughs> I, I thought Peter was actually really quite funny in this issue. And it's the most I've enjoyed Peter Parker in a while. I'm not clear on Peter's concern. Like, why would anyone think this is Spider-Man's fault? Yeah. Yeah, unless I'm mistaken. It's generally Peter Parker, Spider-Man, that gets blamed for everything. How often does he get blamed for things that other Spider characters actually do? Granted, you don't know Miles that long in the grand scheme of things, but even then, it seemed like a really odd thing to just leap towards, even mm, if he yeah. seemed to have just got be kind of messing with him, because he just assumes that, oh, it must have been a demon, and agrees with him with it. That's another thing I'm wondering about, like the nature of their relationship, because it doesn't seem to lead on from Secret Wars, and supposedly Miles remembers everything that happened in his previous universe, but... Here, it's like they, they seem to have met, and then the flashback, I don't know if they know each other's secret identity. It seems to be this weird kind of soft reset on it, so I, yeah, I'm not clear on the I, dynamic. I mean, I'm not up to date with the Amazing Spider-Man series, but it felt kind of disingenuous to, to Peter as a character to suddenly try and take this authoritative, like, you will listen to me, and if I say you won't be Spider-Man, you're not Spider-Man anymore kind of thing. I've never really got that vibe from Peter, but he has matured a lot in the last few years or so. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong with that, and I need to catch up on Amazing Spider-Man. Well, I've read the first three issues or so of Amazing Spider-Man, where he's appointed the spiders at each location. But I think the only difference is he didn't have control over this Spider-Man being created. So really, mm. if Miles wants to be a spider character, he can't really stop him unless he finds a way to take his powers. I know a lot of listeners and a lot of readers probably don't care about continuity and timelines and stuff, but I know a lot of people do, particularly in comics. Um, so this is set before all new, all different Avengers, I believe, because obviously there's that moment, I'm guessing they're hinting at that with Tony's kind of little smirk. Right. I like I like that kid. Like, I'm going to recruit him to my Avengers team in a couple of months kind of thing. So, yeah, I guess his relationship with Peter isn't as developed as it could be because we're sort of, for one of that phrase, a flashback compared to the rest of the Marvel Universe, from what I understand. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know how how they sort of came up with that idea and, and why they chose to do Miles a little bit earlier than everyone else sort of thing and, and whether he'll end eventually catch up with the rest of the universe or something like that. Who knows? Well, for all of Peter's authority, he is immediately knocked unconscious when Blackheart <laughs> comes back for round two. Oh, Blackheart. Still looking absolutely incredible and scary. This is the weird thing. He does look incredible and scary. And the fight I found was really well choreographed and just well executed. And I love that mailbox being thrown was very satisfying as far as an action sequence goes. But still, the fight felt kind of boring uh and i think you can guess why uh this is going to be the elephant in the room once again isn't it any guesses birthday boy um is it because he has a power that makes a kill switch power maybe the venom sting raise his ugly head again it kind of feels like we beat it over the head and maybe we are exaggerating how much it bothers us to a degree i don't feel like it's the worst thing in the world it just kind of gets annoying to see him use it and then not only does he beat blackheart in the last issue blackheart then came back and he's like okay i'm just gonna do 
more of the venom stings on him and then it worked that's what really killed me is like well if one got him Absolutely. last time let yep. me just do it a bunch of times like with no consequence no you yeah. know it's going to weaken the heck out of me or i'm going to get dizzy or some something to make it a risky move yeah there, there was that part where black Heart says oh you tried that trick on me last time that's not going to work and he's like right. well I'll just do it three times in a row and you'll be what where's the tension where's the satisfaction there like there's no kind of there's no stakes to fights with miles he seems to just oh one didn't work that's like i punched him once he didn't feel it so i punched him five times and he went unconscious maybe i was wrong maybe he could beat the avengers he could just touch each one of them once and they're all knocked out can he take out thor and what's what's the limit to this power he just destroyed a demon in like four seconds we'll find out in civil war 2 coming this summer from marvel <laughs> Comics. exactly yeah well the fight is almost an afterthought i think the real payoff of the scene is peter waking up and seeing that miles has saved the day again and validates him as spider-man i mean captain america gives him the thumbs up seal of approval you have a police officer pulling a gun on spider-man which is nothing new that's happened before but it's interesting, I think, given where this issue is going to go, that Miles' costume is ripped. And certainly in the United States, having a police officer pull a gun. Yeah, I I, I thought that as well. Absolutely. I yeah. wonder if that's a conscious um, idea from Bendis. I don't know. I'm not I'm not one to to look at things with that lens all the time. But I did. I, I couldn't help but notice it. And the scene, the payoff is then that full shot of uh, Peter saying, you know, He's Spider-Man and he gets your respect. And it was like this kind of compressed mini emotional arc that just took place over the course of one issue. Because in the past, that sort of validation thing would be stretched out, the hero having to prove himself. But this almost felt like Bennis was just kind of getting it out of the way. Like at first it's like, why would you bring Peter into Miles' book right away? I was like, oh, this is why. Let's just check this box. He's Spider-Man. The original is cool with it. Now let's move on. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it did feel rushed a little bit, but I'm also kind of glad that they didn't go the kind of cliched, stereotypical way of drawing it out for four or five issues because there's so much more interesting stories you can tell with Miles that don't involve that sort of stuff. I think as well that he's already had validation from Peter, two ta- mm. a, a version of Peter twice before, that if you try to drag it out any longer, it seemed like, oh, we're doing this again, third time, let's, let's right. do it again. Absolutely, and then, and then yeah. When the series reboots again, all right, let's do it again. He's got to validate him. The only way you can get Miles to be a character is to have him validated by Peter Parker over and over and over again. Yeah. Like he's not allowed to do anything until the the white Spider-Man, to steal a phrase from one of our listeners, um, shows up and gives him validation. So, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of glad that they, they kind of brushed over it so nicely. It's all about identity and establishing re-establishing this character and who he is and what he's about and when we're talking about peter validating him and why are we doing this again i think in some ways it's a little extra important this time around because if you go back five years to when miles morales debuted the whole point was the original spider-man was dead and this was someone who had the opportunity to pick up the torch and carry on the legacy But now, in this reconfigured universe, there's no need for it. The original is fine. And we're still figuring out, as we were talking about, like, is he in New York? Is he traveling around the world with his company? What is going on? Why would you need another Spider-Man? And even in the cartoon show, he's like Kid Arachnid. So he doesn't get to be Spider-Man. But in this universe, he does. So that's 
You have Peter kind of validating he is Spider-Man. And then Miles is psyched about that. So he heads back to school to meet up with Genki and he's thrilled. He just defeated an interdimensional demon. And he, I love that scene where he's just flipping out about it. It's such a believable, for such a ridiculous situation, such a believable response. Like, oh my God, I just did this. And he's it so- was a demon. It was so gross. And he yeah, just keeps like, saying, it was so gross. Like, I shall never wash. <laughs> <laughs> such a great line. Then Genki pulls up the, the YouTube blog and the reaction is not Spider-Man just save the day or save the Avengers and save the day. Oh my God, Spider-Man is a person of color. That's amazing. And Miles is annoyed. I mean, yeah, there's something we've talked about before. And the the kind of difficult issue of addressing Miles's race is, do you cause more trouble by openly addressing it or by ignoring it? Do you then, you, you're going to get backlash either way. Basically, whatever Sarah Pacelli and Brian Michael Bendis do, they're basically going to get backlash of, oh, he's not being a representative of his heritage, or it doesn't matter what his race is, it's racist to talk about his race, and you get angry commenters on either side of things. But at least we got the positive reaction in this issue, rather than, because they could have very easily done it on the other way, and it would be like, Ganky was looking at Twitter, or something like that, or on Reddit, and there were some angry commenter saying like oh i can't believe they swapped out the other spider-man and now we've got a spider-man of color how dare you sort of thing and i'm glad they went the more positive spin i think it was a really interesting way to go about it because it was this hyper positive response and she even she even lists the other marvel characters that have been reimagined or or modified for yeah for now you know they're oh thor's a woman and captain america's black and it's it's also great 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 isn't that wonderful diversity represent you know all that like hyper positive stuff which we see out there but what i don't think we see as often is the resentment that miles then expresses where he's like absolutely who cares like I don't, I found I found that line. I don't want to be the black Spider Man. I found that very powerful, mm. especially followed up with like, and you've got it wrong. Like I'm half Hispanic too. Like you're you're missing the point. You're not even going to get it right. And I could certainly relate to that. I grew up as a minority in Midwest United States, where I very much stood out in a crowd, and I, I could relate to that. Like just standing out and being constantly acknowledge for that it, not you know in a negative way sometimes but also in a positive way like my i was the dark friend or whatever and it gets to be frustrating like you don't want to be somebody's novelty you just like i just want to be me and especially as a teenager you're trying to figure that out it is irritating it is for like why is this such a big deal all of a sudden and to be confronted with having to think about race and racial politics and so like this is uh, this is pretty tricky stuff to do. I haven't seen it. I don't, not that I haven't come across it in a Marvel book, certainly. And it's a potential minefield, I think. But I think this was a great way to kind of step into it and like open the door for that conversation about identity and stuff. Because so much of Spider-Man is identity, right? And Miles adds this new layer to it. And so it was like, oh man, here we go. For me, I always 
rightly or wrongly, I flip on both sides of the thing, depending on what time of the day it is, I suppose, on whether I like the fact that Spider-Man is black or I like that I dislike the character of Miles and things like that because, again, I am a black male. So it's kind of cool to see someone that looks like me do something as cool as being Spider-Man. I've watched be Spider-Man my whole life. I'm 23 years old now, and I still want to be Spider-Man just so I can <laughs> cure lazy things like web-sling a remote to my hand so I don't have to get up. So I probably wouldn't be the best Spider-Man, especially in Manchester where the buildings aren't tall enough. But it's kind of weird things happen, like even in earlier in this issue where Peter goes, your costume is ripped, people might recognise you. Almost as if his costume hasn't been like ripped more. More of his face has been revealed and nobody's realised. And in that point, I was kind of getting the impression that, again, we've talked about anyone can be Spider-Man before. I kind of got the impression that that's kind of what Peter wants as well. Mm. Him, him, him himself as Spider-Man, he doesn't really, he'd rather nobody know what he looked like more than the idea of Spider-Man more than it be, oh, look, there's the black Spider-Man. Hmm. Oh, so, oh, I, I'm not, I'm not white, so I can never realize that, that with great power must also come great responsibility. And this is the right thing to do and things like that. Well done for getting the, the quote right there, by the way. <laughs> I absolutely love that line. Again, this this whole issue felt quite meta with the the issues of race and bringing up the YouTuber comments and and things like that and and talking about. Um, it also happened in another great book this week, Resolve Man Logan Number Three. Um, the two characters, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, and Logan, talk about the identity of female Thor. Like, so who is female Thor? How does that work? And I kind of like those little inserts they're like off on their adventure where they're still talking about they have the same questions that the readers do and they still have those kind of conversations just day to day and the fact that you kind of get this in here like yeah we now have a female thor we now have a black spider-man just to change it up a little bit talk about the art i found the that scene where Genki and miles are watching the video the way their faces are rendered and the lighting, so this is Sarah Bacalia and Justin Ponser. What they did, I have never seen these characters look more realistic. Mm, and I think that that's saying something because this book, certainly with Marquez and then Bacalia in the first run, has always looked great. But her style has come a really, really long way. It's great to see it continue to to evolve and just get better and better. And I think it was really important for me as a reader – and coming to it with my perspective, I, I really got a lot out of it seeing this very believable dialogue with Miles's response, as I was talking about earlier, where he's just irritated and confused by it, to have them look so real. they I mean, those pages just jump out at me. Yeah, and then you get Pekeli's, um like cartoony little inserts of... Oh, I love those. Like <laughs> Miles's little misadventures and whatnot. They must and be so fun to do. Yeah, it's weird that those both, both those styles really work in this book it's, it's one of these really interesting superhero stories where it kind of treads the line between dealing with really real world issues and, and realistic renderings of characters like you mentioned and then you get the crazy 
cartoony Spider-Man-y kind of things going on in the background there as well. And it manages to somehow perfectly balance both of those tones. And I think that is very much down to Bacelli and Ponza and their incredible work. And toward the end of the book, we have the introduction of some new female characters into the mix. We get the black cat of all people. Yeah. Did I miss something here? Why is Felicia Hardy suddenly like an intimidating they they use the words like maybe some of Spider-Man's old supervillains will come crawling out of the woodwork to face this new Spider-Man. Like, is she just, since when has she been a supervillain? Isn't she kind of like a playful, <laughs> flirty anti-hero that, type? That just shows how long it has been since you read Amazing Spider-Man. Because um, she went, she went, she had a heel turn and went bad when during this whole superior Spider-Man thing where she ends up where Spider-Man attacks her and then she decides, okay, I'm evil now. And then there's the whole palaver around Era of Silk where she's evil and then in Amazing Spider-Man you can't really find... You don't get the sense of that her, of her anger towards Peter making any sense and then becoming evil for it because he hit her. You know, again, it was Doc Ock at the time. Whereas punched her tooth out. It, I can get why... Good old Doc Ock. Yeah, it was really brutal. It, within interactions with Peter, I don't think that evil black cat makes any sense. Whereas when I've read her in the Silk book, I can deal with it and I can kind of get behind it a lot more. And the, so when she appeared here, and it's going to, he's, for whatever reason, we don't know yet, but she's going to target Miles, it kind of makes me look forward to it a lot more than if it, she was now attacking Peter again. Yeah, I wonder what kind of motivation she'll have to tackle miles what what is going to drive her to rather than going for peter like you said she's got that history with him as far as I, as far as we know in this universe she doesn't have a history with miles so maybe it's just the, the fact that he is a, a spider-man a spider character and that's enough for her i was kind of indifferent to her introduction or revelation whatever you want to call it but what got me really really excited for miles as a character was the cliffhanger so his yeah, day, about the real villain. Yeah, like raging interdimensional demon. That's nothing compared to upsetting your grandmother with your bad grades. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even even dropping the doing the Spanglish thing. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's how you know she's really angry. <laughs> I, I always find that I love when uh, people suddenly like slip into an accent or something like that when they get really angry. I, I work in an English language school um, and we teach international students and you'll get people who speak amazing English. But as soon as they get angry, they kind of, I guess, like the concentration goes or something like that. And they suddenly start using their native language words and suddenly in the middle of sentences and stuff like that. So that's such a realistic portrayal of somebody really. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I have stuff like that. I have people like this in my extended family and you know, people at work. And I like, it was so believable. Like, oh my gosh. So Absolutely. I was laughing, but then having seen that in real life, like I was also terrified for miles. Like, what a, <laughs> um, and I love it. I think, you know, the, for the character's history to date, like we've talked about before, he's had this very small network. It basically his parents, or then it was just his dad after his mom died. And then, Yankee, and that was it. And so I love the idea of expanding his family, and it's taking it in a new direction. This is clearly not going to be an Aunt May clone. She's a very di- already a very different character, and I I can't wait. I think I love seeing this series move forward again 
and especially in a new direction. I'm I'm very excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is Miles having an actual loving family that care about him and will support him and the fact that, as we mentioned before, Jefferson knows his identity and things like that. That gives the creative team a really interesting opportunity to do something new that we haven't really seen with a Spider-Man character before. And that has me all kinds of excited. Plus, as you'd mentioned in, I think, our last Miles episode, Jack, like we haven't really looked at the hispanic side of miles absolutely so yeah, here we go yeah. like you know like she just comes in like a hurricane really so this is going to be great kyle thoughts on miles's abuela <laughs> um somebody's gonna get asked <laughs> um yeah will we, will we see our first spider spanking do you think? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That'll happen and it'll be hilarious, and then you'll feel sorry for him for a little bit, but then you then you'll remember that, and then she'll start like speaking in her again, like breaking that into the accent and speaking the odd Spanish word, and you'll start laughing because she, she's kicking Spiderman's ass, and it'll be amazing. <laughs> but yeah, the whole extended family, it's it's about time, really. If you it's school and fat extending the family interactions is what will make this book a lot more interesting in the long run like ultimate spider-man was in this original days yeah like outside of the kind of for want of a better phrase monster of the week kind of stories we're going to obviously get black cat showing up as a villain coming up here but they tend to be one or two arcs and i can imagine you know, Miles's family being an ongoing, long-running thing, like you said, Kyle. This can be the thing that kind of sets the foundation for the rest of his story, and this can be his kind of... Every time he comes home, he's got a new thing to deal with or a new problem with one of the family members, and that kind of is the kind of the, the laying the groundwork for the rest of the series. This could run another 100 issues like the original Spider Ultimate Spider-Man did. I hope so. I mean, overall, Spider-Man issue number two, it started off a little rough. I was a little nervous as this issue began and we went through the fight, but then it turned things around and went off in a great new direction that was completely unexpected. I think it handled it really well, did a lot of great stuff for the character. Thumbs up. This was great. Do we want to get to our three-word summaries? Yeah, hit it. Gentlemen. Kyle. Kyle, birthday boy. What? Oh, I have to go first. Dun, 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 um, dun, dun, dun. Um, oh God, I went. To, I had I had one in my head, and then I realized that's four words. <laughs> you know what? It's your um, birthday. You can have it. Go for you it. You can have an extra. I'll word. give you an extra word. Okay. Wait. No. This. Um. Oh God. Never mind. You put me on the spot now. <laughs> I'm trying to one. think you of a good one. one. No, I had one. I had one. But then I might second guess myself to whether it's really. <laughs> because I try to turn them all into, always into like a like a mini sentence instead of three separate random words, um, or it could be a phrase, whatever you want. You got three words, use them how you like. It's your day, Kyle. You think that put less pressure on me? Um, um, let's see. Thought provoking questions. <sighs> Social you- comment. Uh, no, no. Got right. Quality social commentary. That's why I'm going for those three. There no. Three. There we go. All right. A golf clap for that. That's a very well nice. Well done, Sam. Well done. 
And then we edited it seems like I thought it. Then we edited so it sounds like I thought it straight away. No, I'm gonna leave. I think I'll leave this. (laughs) (laughs) Five minute ramble and all the swear words and whatnot. Yeah, it's fine. My turn. Yeah, go for it. Sure. I'm gonna say Brave New World. Oh, nice. There's another Spider-Man reference right there. Mine, mine is short, sweet, and simple. Grandmas are scary. Face it, tigre. Exactly. Which I love that that's a play on I, Face It, Tiger from Mary Jane. Absolutely love it. They had a lot of fun in this issue, right? Because you had Iron Man <laughs> referring to a demon in a bottle. Yep. And then- yeah, that was really weird. Like, how does that play? Like, Freak say it is in real life, and they're speaking this out loud. Is he? Just, if it's in brackets, does he mutter to himself? Like, hey, Steve, how's it going? Uh, we're dealing with a demon, um, not in a ball. Um, yeah. And uh, like, <laughs> is it just like a quick aside? Like, <laughs> does he say it out loud? Is he just thinking it? I don't know. Between that and the Mephisto reference and clarifying oh, the you yeah know, i no, laughed out loud the mephisto reference. yeah no one getting the great power quote right i mean there's like winking at the audience or breaking the fourth wall and then there's like obliterating and smashing through the fourth wall and saying hey inside a bit joke. of a deadpool yeah that's right it was <laughs> not quite deadpool but yeah all right so what do you say we take a look at some listener feedback oh and the contest Indeed. Talking about the elephant in the room that we mentioned earlier, we did set a contest for people to discuss the Venom Sting, and if they like it, if they don't like it, um, we're we're clearly on one side of the fence here on the show, but we've been willing to listen to some listeners. We've had some really good feedback from some people um, on Twitter, on the website, and on Facebook as well. I'm not one over yet. But you guys have done really well. And uh, the winner is going to get two variants for Spider-Man number one. The Scotty Young variant and the Ardy Granov hip-hop variant, of course, based on Illmatic by Nas. And uh, yeah, let, let's get into it. Yeah, well, oh, just to clarify, there are two winners. So they get one of each. Yeah. Or I uh, yes, want got two to give away. So two winners. Yes. So, but thank you to everyone that took the time to enter and share your thoughts. We heard from Nick Duda, Jeffrey C. Cyrus Hernandez, Michael Terrell Ford III, Aisha Boyd, Mason Radcliffe, Thomas Smith, Austin Mackey, Brandon Olson, and Tevya Smolka. So you guys want to share some highlights? I really liked Austin Mackey's comment. He said, I'd have liked to see him learning how to use the ability more before it becomes such a big move for him. If it's something that can end fights, it should be something that took some time to get right. I'd like to see it fail for him in a way that would extend a fight and make the reader fear for Miles. Pretty much something I agree with there, Austin. We got also one from Mason Radcliffe, who had a similar thought to what we said We said for two episodes in a row now, where he says, I, did, I didn't mind the Venom Strike. It does make Miles different from Peter and maybe even more powerful. If anything, it should be used sparingly and have a day or so to recharge so he only uses it when he really needs it. Maybe that turns into a get-out-of-jail-free card, but it's... It's still not as overused where you can go, here you go, three, now down, invisible as well, which we forget about as well. But I feel like he doesn't use the invisibility anywhere near as much as the Venom Sting, now that I think about it. 
Yeah, I always forget about it's, it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wish you'd forget about the Venom thing as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we've numbered our entries, and we will load them up into the Ultimate Spin computer and draw two at random. Winners are dun, 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 numbers two and five. And those are Jeffrey C. Cyrus Hernandez and Mason Radcliffe. Hey! Congratulations. Yay. Congratulations. So which one does Jeffrey get? Um, Let's say... Oh, God. That's, a, that's like another draw at that point, isn't it? <laughs> um, you can blame me now if if it turns out you didn't want him, but you're getting a free cover. So let's give him the, the Illmatic one. Illmatic. Okay, so Mason picks up the Scotty Young. So drop us a line, guys. Uh, feedback at ultimatespinpodcast.com. Let us know your address uh, where we should send these, and we'll get them out in the mail to you as soon as we can. Yay. Thanks again to everyone for entering. We always appreciate hearing from you guys. We also got some nice feedback from Thomas Smith and Michael T. Four the Third. Uh, and an interesting tweet from Taylor Bone, who uh, posted this in response to my review of this issue over at Superior Spider Talk. Here's a question for you guys. If the day came where Bendis decided to step down from this book, but Marvel wanted to keep it going, who would you have Bendis pass the Miles Torch to? Who should write the book? It's, it's, it's a difficult thing because Bendis has been so tied to the ultimate Spider-Man. I don't know. It's no longer that, but... This, this universe and this character for so long. Um, I would really kind of like to see uh, maybe a, a completely kind of different take on it and maybe somebody like the amazing work she's been doing with Ms. Marvel recently, which hopefully we're seeing a crossover with them, judging by the uh, cover for the next issue. Uh, G. Willow Wilson has been doing amazing work. We talked about appropriate social commentary as well on this issue. Yeah. That's something that's been discussed in Ms. Marvel as well. And seeing G. Willow Wilson go from Kamala Khan to Miles Morales, I think would be a, a really interesting different take on that character. And I'd really be interested. She's, I think, been one of the most interesting and consistently fantastic writers at Marvel for a while now. So I'd be really interested to see how she would tackle that character. That's a good choice. Yeah, I... I was thinking if you kind of went with the old guard, I, I would love to see Mark Wade only because I'm enjoying Archie mm. so much. Oh, yeah. God damn it. That's what I was going to say. Oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, we talked about Mark Wade on this week's episode of the Inter Intercomics podcast and how amazing his Daredevil run has been. And now he's doing, with, with his Daredevil partner, Chris Somney, he's now doing Black Widow. And that's an amazing first issue as well. On the other podcast, we consider Mark Wade like one of the absolute greats in modern comics. So I would love, basically Mark Wade can do no wrong for superheroes in my book, pretty much. And because I'm enjoying Wayward so much, Jim Zub. Oh yeah. They had a comicsology sale of Jim Zub recently as well. Oh that yes. Was, that was a lot of fun. Kyle, I'm sorry. I, I, I stole Wade from you. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one that I was banking on. I was like, okay, Jack hasn't mentioned him. I might have a chance. And then you said, I was like, damn it. So I, I feel like I put all my thought into Mark Wade for the most part. And just for the sense, and just because I've done that, and I'm thinking about people who haven't wrote like the main Spider-Man book for an extended amount of time, I think he might have done like an odd issue with Spider-Man in and things like that in his other books. If we think about the sort of humor, should Miles have like a more a more humor element? I kind of have wanted to see 
even though he's not, he's probably not going to do any more Marvel big two books for a long time. Would have been Fraction doing Amazing Spider-Man, just because oh, I, I really, really love Matt Fraction's work in general. Absolutely, yeah. Sadly, I think his superhero days are behind him. Yeah, he, but he's doing what he wants to do anyway, so could be worse. I'd rather him be wanting to write Miles rather than mm. being yeah feeling obliged to have to write Miles because Marvel has said we've got this book for you, kid. With smiles, Morales. That's what you're doing for the next year or whatever. Get to work. <laughs> Thank you for the question. And we love hearing from you guys. You can always connect with us on Twitter at The Ultimate Spin. We're on Facebook at Ultimate Spin Podcast. You can head to our website, ultimatespinpodcast.com. Click the Talk to Us button. And, of course, the old-fashioned way, if you're an email user, feedback at ultimatespinpodcast.com. <laughs> I like how you said the old-fashioned way and said email. Email, it is, right? Does anyone email anymore? The old-fashioned way, my address is number 25. (laughs) (laughs) If you have any, like, fan letters you want to send to us, that would be incredible. We need to set up, like, an Ultimate Spin P.O. box or something. Add it to the list, Brian. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, if you have time, we are always looking for iTunes reviews. The more reviews we get, the higher profile we get on the iTunes listings. If you are able to do that, just take a minute, post a review, some comments on the show, um, what you like about it, what you think we could do better. We're, we're up for your feedback. Uh, but let us know, and we will give you a digital comic code from Marvel to say thank you. Absolutely. And I have a little special thing that I now get Miles and Spider-Gwen in print. So I will be giving away my digital copy of those books. So you will have digital copy of that book to be talking about with us on the show as well so come and review us on itunes and you'll get a free copy of spider-man number two can't argue with that no and uh i wasn't on the show last week i missed a point one issue if you will a point one episode but you guys did have rico renzi on the show and it was really really great interview and we're hoping to get some other creators on very soon as well we're in talks with a couple of other guys with the uh, spider gwen and miles morales teams so uh yeah if you haven't checked out the rico renzi interview yet go and check that out that is 26.1 is the official designation of that so uh yeah check that out on the archives you can find that on our website as well yeah we had a good time rico is a very generous guy to make time to chat with us and i i think you might have been unsure like you want to talk to me but it was it was a good conversation i don't think colorists get necessarily the recognition they deserve and absolutely it, it was yeah. really good to learn about his process and his and like i said just a, a cool guy it was a fun conversation yeah definitely check it out so, guys, as we wrap up, where can we find you on the internet? Well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at JustKyleMC. You can find my website, Nerds Unchained for comic reviews and the stuff of that nature. And also, I thought I'd throw out a little plug here. I am currently doing the Manchester 10K on um, the 22nd of May for the British Heart Foundation Um pretty much grandma died in september so from a heart attack so i thought i'd try and raise as much money as possible doesn't matter how much you give every little bit helps and i'd really appreciate it and i want to thank everybody that does it so you know kind of don't be anonymous because then i can't thank you and then i feel bad and you don't want me to feel bad i can't thank you absolutely yeah Yeah, that's a great cause carl my my grandma passed away last year from a heart attack as well so it's a, it's a subject close to my heart as well. I'll definitely be giving you some support there as well. So good luck. And listeners, I hope you will uh, 
chip in and help Kyle out as well. Kyle, do you have a link you can share? Should we just post it on the yeah. show notes? It's just giving.co.uk forward slash Kyle, that's K-Y-L-E hyphen or dash, whichever you want to call it. McPherson, that's M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N. And you'll see the page and everything, what I've already just said. So raise some raised uh, about half of the goal, but even if we do reach the goal, that doesn't mean we can't raise more money. Excellent. And the, so, yeah. the run is on May 22nd? May 22nd. And that's for the British Heart Foundation. Yeah, excellent, Kyle. We're wishing you the best. Yeah. I'm not prepared for this run yet. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got some time. You'll be fine. Yeah, plenty of time. We'll be fine. I'll just turn up on the day having not trained and just try and do it. That sounds like you, mate. <laughs> I do have a uh, Spider-Man running shirt. It's black and red, so it's my Miles running Oh, shirt. yes. Carl, are you running as Miles in your play? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'd have to buy a new one because I'm not doing it in that one. I will die in that one. I can't It'll be fine. It's too small as it is. It's too small anyway. So yeah, that's enough of me. Jackie boy, where can the world find you? Um, I am available on Twitter at JLW Chambers. Uh, you can also check out my other podcast that I do. Um, it's the Intercomics podcast. We're a weekly show talking about all things comics. And we did actually talk about Spider-Man number two earlier on in the show. Uh, we had a guest from the US. Uh, Chris William was on with us and he was talking about how much he enjoyed this issue as well. Uh, we tackle all sorts of stuff. Like I mentioned, we had a discussion about Mark Wade and Black Widow number one was kind of our comic of the week. Um, so if you are interested in other Marvel books and books from around the world from different publishers, come and check out at Intercomics Pod is our Twitter and intercomicspodcast.com is the website for us as well. Nice. Uh, and as for me, you can find my review for this book and other Miles books and Spider-Gwen titles at superiorspidertalk.com, which is also home to the amazing Spider Talk podcast, which is following the main series. And Dan and Mark are battling bravely <laughs> through the current arc covering the, covering the book. A uh, lot of great reviews and articles there. If you happen to stop by, click on their Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk page. This is a hobby for us. We're having a good time, but unfortunately, it's not free, and there's all kinds of fun stuff like hosting fees and server costs and all that stuff to deal with. So over at their uh, site, they're having a they're running a Patreon to raise some funds to just kind of keep the lights on, basically. So check that out. Uh, there are opportunities to support the show uh, and the site over there and pick up all kinds of cool swag and fun stuff in the process. I also want to give a shout out to Kevin Hartnell, who provided the theme music for our episode this week and possibly for our Miles episodes going forward. Kevin is a musician that has a bunch of Creative Commons music posted over at his site. You can check out his work at kevinhartnell.com. Awesome. We'll be coming back next week with Radioactive Spider-Gwen number six and the end of the first arc the return of robbie rodriguez thanks for listening everyone and we'll catch you soon for the ultimate spin
awesome and spin. <laughs> 